0: sweat hog mama with a face like a gent said my get up and go must have got up and went. Welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Mercer, joined as always by the inspiration for that lyric, John Mariano. How are you doing tonight, John? Uh,
1: the crows may crow, but the hands deliver the goods.
0: Ah, I see somebody found their Steven Tyler Word of the Day toilet paper. Good job, buddy. Let's also introduce uh, our good buddy, Scott Haskin. How you doing, Scott?
2: I'm doing great, although I have a bone to pick... With one John Mariano. But before oh, we get to that, I'm gonna sit how, back are you, and
0: relax. how are you, Corey? Oh, I'm better now. You got a bone to pick with John. I'm just going to kick back. I got my popcorn here. Let's go. Let her rip, buddy.
2: I do. And and you know, this is not a conscious effort to to drop the love fest, as I've been told that we have. Uh, what it is, is a bit of a different perspective on our hits list because, John, you were very upset that, that you felt I attacked one of your picks last week. And I wanna point out that now that we have our own three that we can save, I don't really feel like we're attacking each other's picks anymore. And I know that you're gonna have a brilliant argument to prove me wrong. So let's have it.
1: I, uh, I have no recollection of what Scott is talking about. Um, I don't listen to the show.
0: Okay, let me refresh your memory. He wanted to kick off Rats in the Cellar. And you got very upset by that. And go.
1: Oh, I I mean, if somebody were to kick off Rats in the Cellar, I would just put it on my list. But, I mean, it would be an asinine thing to do to try to kick Rats in the Cellar off. It's like the best song
0: on a mixtape right now.
2: Well, there you go. So the next time I kick it off, <laughs> you don't have to get mad.
0: Well, that was lame as fuck. Come on, you
2: guys. I tried. I instigated. I poked I the bear.
0: I know then the bear is, you know, full of piss. And, usually he's full of piss and vinegar. Tonight he's just full of shit, unfortunately. So his, his get at uh, yeah, the I, go must've got him went. No I
1: kidding. don't know what you guys are talking about. We're here to talk to Aerosmith and you guys are trying to provoke foot fights. And it's like, I don't know. I don't play that
0: game. That's, that's, that's silly.
2: Maybe John hasn't traveled back in time and done that episode yet.
0: <laughs> Anyways, while well, we got John on the line before he falls asleep. Why don't you tell us about our brand new sponsor? Oh, I don't have anything up, man. I was I was too busy getting ready for a rebuttal. You got one job, one fucking well, job. What's my job? Well, you got two jobs: so a, uh, be pissy and and be angry and piss everybody off, and b, give the sponsor copy. Those are you have two jobs. Jesus, man! When did when did we start getting homework on the show? All right, at least you're cranky now. That's good. You're doing one job now.
1: I, I, I press buttons and, and music starts going off on my phone. I can tell you that much.
0: Oh, that's not good. Um, Old man with technology.
1: Oh, you don't want you don't want me playing with technology. The last time I did the buzzing sounds, I woke the neighbors. Um, So, on that note, let me tell you a little bit about the Napsock Network on uh, on any podcast feed that you can get. The Napsock Network is home for the blathering with Ken Napsock, Saturday Night Napsock, and more. The blathering is an off-the-cuff from the heart and head podcast from comedian and author Ken Napsock. Written, hosted, and performed by Ken Knapsack, co creator of Four Center, The Knapsack Files, and Pop Rock and Radio, Saturday Night Napsack, um, and many, many more. Um, tune in, download it, check it out. You don't even need a, a brand new app to get it. Support Ken, like his stuff, listen, learn, and love.
0: It sounded like you said Cock Rock and Radio, and I feel like that's a much different show. Well, that's, that's why his waiting. neighbors get upset. No, I, f- I, I
1: feel I feel like you're trying to to instigate something tonight, Gory. Like first first you try to provoke a fight between Scott and I, and, and like it's not happening, right? Like the movie is where the movie is. Rats in the cellar is where rats in the cellar is. Everything is right with the world right now. We're all good.
0: I agree. I, I don't know where you're getting this from. All I know is that earlier on the call, Scott called you a son of a bitch. That's all I know. I I, I have no recollection of this. You weren't on the
2: call yet. I think I think it was actually that motherfucking son of a bitch. Sorry, yes, I, I, my apologies for misquoting you. That's alright. Uh, uh,
0: Scott Haskin, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about our good friends at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network.
2: Our ever-growing brothers and sister at the Deep Dive Podcast Network is its an incredible network of like-minded shows, deep dives into different bands. Uh, you guys actually do a little bit of twist on that with your Backtracks theme music show where you talk about different things from film. Uh, the most recent episode that came out as we were recording this was on Friday the 13th, which is fantastic. Uh, epic series of movies. Uh, but you, uh, Corey, you also do a show with our friend Mark Kamire. You do and the podcast Will Rock, which is All Things Van Halen. I do my Uriah Heap, the Magician's podcast show, All Things Uriah Heap. We have the Deep Purple podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the Other Side, Sabbath Bloody podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawkwind, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie podcast. We have Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, the Judas Priest cast. the North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What?, The Tom Petty Project, Seaside Pod Review, and Volume for All, and the Rock Roulette Podcast.
0: All fantastic shows, and soon, joining their ranks in 2027, Scott, John, and myself are going to be doing a Brian Adams podcast, simply titled Every Pod I Do, I Podcast It For You. Look for that, summer 2027. I'm looking forward to it. John, you looking forward to it?
1: No, I, I, I never signed up for it.
0: Uh, it, it was implied that you signed up for it. So yeah.
1: You know I'm what? trying I'm trying I always do yes and on this show. I'm really trying no but tonight. And how's that working? I, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. I don't know
2: about you guys in the audience. <laughs> uh did Brian Adams ever do an Aerosmith cover? I feel like he should have. Uh
0: I don't think he did. Uh surprise and I don't think he ever uh you know, co wrote anything with Aerosmith either, which is kind of surprising because Brian Adams wrote stuff for everybody.
2: Yeah. Misconnection.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about Aerosmith. Let's talk about our uh, our mixtapes. Um, the last two weeks we're gonna call them shows uh, 50 uh, A and 50 B, I guess. So that show 51 technically is the back half of the last one. It's Magic Touch that we covered. Song 51 here uh, on the on the on the show. Uh, we have our side A deep cuts, our side B live tracks, our all time arrow top nine, and the nasty cuts that these guys are alluding to were. John has three songs, Scott has three songs, and I have three songs. Uh, But we're back uh, in the swing of things here. No guests tonight. We're just uh, rolling the dice and we're picking a song, uh, kind of back to normal. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's always great to have guests and have special shows, but I'm looking forward just getting back to the three of us, uh, rolling a die, and seeing what we come up with.
2: I do like routine now and then. It's, It's nice to just come home and just have a relaxing evening by the fire. That's right. How many songs are
1: we recapping tonight? I wasn't really paying attention.
0: We're going to recap uh 48 of the 49 songs. So yeah, that's making episodes. Yeah. So if you want to go all the way back to, to song two, John, we'll, we'll pick it up from there.
1: All right. All right. So why don't you spin, spin the wheel and then I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at the dice.
0: Okay. Well, currently on our dice, not our wheel. Uh, we have devil's got a new disguise. You see me crying. Dream on from live bootleg legendary child train kept a rolling from classics live and i'm down scott asking what are you hoping to hear tonight
2: you know i don't know what it is the last three or four days but i've had dream on stuck in my head for a while and i need to uh you know fill that space with something else they say the best way to get a song out of your head is to listen to it so i'm going to uh i'm going to cast my vote for dream on great
0: call john anything you want to hear tonight
2: i want to hear something live
1: I really, oh. like, does that mean Aerosmith shows up and performs for us? But I'm kind of looking forward to that.
0: I wish, but uh, ever since they had to cancel the last dates of the Vegas residency, they haven't played live, so.
2: That's right. Kim, can we send them the Zoom link?
0: Uh, you know, uh, why not? Good idea. I'll, I'll I'll send it right right to Stephen Tyler.
2: Nice. Would
1: you like me to fax it to them?
0: <laughs> do you have a fax machine? That'd be great, because I just have I his email, Tyler at aerosmith.org.
1: Oh, I, I don't believe I don't believe in the email. I have a fax machine.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, fax him the Zoom link, and and we'll get him on here, and and they can perform one of these live cuts here for us tonight. But failing that, uh, we've had I'm down on the dice here for a long time. I'm in the mood for some Beatles. I'm hoping we roll that one tonight. Uh, so what do you say, Stephen? What do
3: you got?
0: And we're going to come up with Train Kept a-Rollin' from Classics Live. This is a Johnny Cut, if I remember correctly. Uh, what do you think about this one, buddy?
1: I believe this is my favorite version of this song, and we
0: will be easily slapping this on the mix tape. The Train Kept a-Rollin' with Rock and Roll. I remember that intro. Uh, Scott Haskin, uh, have you ever heard uh, this version of Train Kept a-Rollin'?
2: I don't believe I have. I don't believe I've heard any version of this song, so really? this is uh, new ground for me. Although I, I say that with no conviction because once I start listening to it, I may go, oh, yes, I do know that song. I just don't recognize the title.
0: Uh, Train Kept a uh, initially recorded in 1951 by musician Tiny Bradshaw, uh, has been covered quite a bit. Johnny Burnett did a version. The Yardbirds did a version. Led Zeppelin's played it. Uh, and, of course, Aerosmith has played it, I think, in every single concert uh they've ever done uh let's actually go to the song stats and let's play my favorite game how many times has Aerosmith played train kept a rolling in their career let's start with John Mariano how many concerts have they had (laughs) I I, I can't (laughs) tell you that without spoiling the answer probably Uh, 982 9.82. 9.82. Remember, this is Price is Right rules. You got to be closest to the actual number without going over. Scott Haskin.
2: I'm going 18.50.
0: Wow, you both went over. It was 9.76, but John Mariano was shockingly uh. close. Either he had the page brought up and just went a few over just to make it look good, or he, he came literally that close to getting I, I
1: I literally came
2: that close. My hands are completely empty Impressive.
0: Right now. Good job, John. Yeah, very, very close. 976.
2: So that means Aerosmith really hasn't hasn't even played a thousand concerts in their career, or what I should say, when did they start playing this song?
0: You know, that's a good question, and this is according to uh, Setlist.fm as well, right? So let's go. Right. Uh, let's see, they did it in 76. So I, I could they be right, is
3: what you're what
2: I'm hearing here, is they may have miscounted. You know what's scuffing me, right? For error. that matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think they've played more than a thousand shows in fifty plus years. You
0: know what? According to this, the earliest performance was November 6, nineteen seventy, at Nipmuc Regional High School in Massachusetts. Played one time.
2: Well, I, if you're not starting your career at Nipmuc, then you're not you're not going to take off. Yeah, but
0: where's the second performance? Like, do they skip to, like nineteen seventy three? Exactly, nineteen seventy three uh, played ten times. Millis High School in Millis, Massachusetts, Paul's Ball in Boston, the box club in Boston, University of Maine at Portland, Gorham, Portland, Maine. So you're just trying to tell me they put on no shows for like three years? Oh, there's one here from 71, sorry. Uh Academy of Music, New York, New York, and the Lakeview Ballroom in Mendon, Massachusetts.
2: Yeah, they definitely missed some shows, Scott. Okay. Because they it, it just a thousand shows for this band over fifty plus years seemed a little low.
0: Yeah, very good call.
2: They're playing county fairs and every everywhere they can get somebody to let them put their equipment on stage.
0: Pretty much. And from 77, 83, like they were touring everywhere. That, that's how they made it as a band was just constant touring. They mm-hmm. didn't get a ton of radio play uh, early on in their career, but they just played everywhere and just kept going and going and going. It was constant. So uh, Classics Live 1, uh, which came out in 1986, I think really captures uh, that that, that kind of moment uh, in the band's history. Uh, great songs on here, uh, Train Kept a Rollin', it leads it off, Kings and Queens, Sweet Emotion, Dream On, Momikin, Three Mile Smile, uh, Played With, Reefer Headed Woman, Lord of the Thighs, and then this is where they put the studio cut Major Barber on uh, as track number eight uh, on this album. But um, uh, it, it's it's either usually a show opener for them or it kicks off the encore. Uh, they love Train Kept a Rollin'. What do you say? Let's get rollin' here ourselves. This is Train Kept a Rollin' from Classics Live.
3: Should
2: This song just came out right on fire. I mean, from that killer snare warm-up, just into a really heavy guitar sound. The mix on this is fantastic. Really great uh, guitars. I'm not hearing as much bass as I'd like, but uh, those guitars are really carrying it along with that really good solid drum beat. I know in the uh, studio version, uh, it kind of goes to a little
0: halftime thing, and then it kind of kicks into the double time, which is the section that we're kind of hearing now. They cut out the slower section when they do it live and just kick it right in. Uh, nice and fast great guitars like you said Uh, i love steve at the beginning the train and rock and roll or the train kept rolling with rock and roll which you cannot kill it will live forever great way to open that track and then the rear rear in the background joe's doing with the guitar Mm -hmm. right trying to you know mimic a train great great stuff yeah
1: mimic a train it's like we're on a runaway train right now like that's that's exactly what this feels like is we, we, we somehow jumped on the train going? You know 65 miles an hour and just going downhill fast
0: I'm in heat, I'm in love, but I just couldn't tell her so. And that's a great call and response in the chorus. With train kept it rolling, let the crowd handle the all night long part.
2: Yeah, that's that's really good when you can get the crowd to participate, especially without having to say, "Okay, when I do this, I want you to do that." And preempting them, um, it just goes to show what a crowd favorite it is. Um, but there's a lot of energy in this song. I, I'm digging the the pace of it, and um, yeah, this is this is moving really well yeah it's it's this for me is one of my favorite live tracks
1: period like it shows you how powerful of a live band they are with 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 the fan participation which to me is is the extra member of the band here that were that were getting and it adds such an element that the the studio track doesn't have
0: mm-hmm. it's true and uh, here's a little bit of trivia for you guys uh, uh aerosmith uh who were known as chain reaction uh, at the time, uh, they got to open a gig for the Yardbirds in 1966 in Connecticut. And the Yardbirds played, train kept rolling out the show. And Steven Tyler watched from the edge of the stage and said afterwards, they, quote, knocked my tits off, end quote.
2: I don't know what to say to that. But I, I will say it's if the Yardbirds doing it inspired Aerosmith to do it, uh, that would not be surprising because the Yardbirds were a very, very good band.
0: Well, and Jimmy Page, a big influence on Aerosmith, uh, with the Yardbirds, and then with with Zeppelin, another big influence uh, on these boys.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and what I have to say is, if you can knock someone's tits off, they're probably fake.
2: <laughs> That's a fair assessment.
1: The wailing of the guitar on that solo is some of my favorite Aerosmith ever. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I I can feel that in my soul as it's being played.
2: Yeah, I feel Very like his his guitar tech probably had to do some work on his guitar after that because I, I feel like he's pushing it to the max.
0: Yeah, it's definitely whacked attitude now. Now, here's something I found interesting actually on uh, Get Your Wings which is the album that the studio version uh, comes on, or is uh, featured on, uh, it wasn't uh, Joe and Brad who played guitar on it. Uh, Steve really? Hunter played the solos at the front did fantastic, is, is, wow. is the quote here I got. Uh, none of the band were present when he came in to record. Uh, Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter uh, performed the dueling solos on the song.
1: I wonder if that's why I feel like it's a little bit flatter, right? and why I prefer this version. Like, I don't know, I've always felt like and I don't know why I've always felt like the studio version to me just does not hit the same way the live track does.
0: I could not agree more. It absolutely falls very, very flat. And yeah, the live version just kicks it up a notch and maybe it's because I never knew uh, Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter, uh, who also, I think, uh, did the, they did some Alice Cooper stuff. Scott and I were talking to Alice Cooper earlier today. I think they were on billion dollar babies if I remember correctly. That, I don't know much about sound, them. Yeah. I that know does sound matter. right.
2: Uh, what, what was the tempo uh, a lot slower on the studio version?
0: It is for the first half. And even when they kind of kick it up in, into like this faster section that we're getting here, um, it, it's still slower than how the band play it live, if I remember correctly. But maybe we'll go back to the, we're going to cover the studio version, but we'll, we'll just play a little bit of the beginning so you can kind of hear the the contrast. Okay. <laughs> John is a very happy man right now.
1: Oh, my God. Like, I can't even... I don't even know how to put words to whatever my face is doing right now to this (laughs) song. But my Lord, that is just Aerosmith rolling on all cylinders.
2: Yeah, I I gotta say... For for a first time, of course, yeah. As a drummer, I mean, I just love that part. There's so much energy in that. It's not a beat. It's just, uh, a, a basically like an extended fill almost. Uh, but the sound of it is great, especially the what the drums are playing along with what the guitars are playing. Uh, that's just magic right there. And I I, I
0: agree with you that the bass would have been nice to get a little bit more of that in the mix. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, uh, the mix is 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 pretty terrific if you ask me.
2: Yeah, especially for a part like that. I think the bass cutting through would have really helped drive it even more. Yeah. But uh, even without the bass, it sounds kick-ass.
0: So I'm so used to uh, Stephen giving the mic to Joe Perry on that. Joe Perry usually does the look so good child, I couldn't let her go. This version, it's Stephen, though.
1: And and Stephen right there, when I picture Stephen's voice in my head, it's that moment in time I hear constantly in my head.
0: That's a good moment. Scott, what would you think?
2: Uh, I like that solo section, but it was it was a little bit muddy to me, um, just just the way that the notes blended and part of that is just, you know, the live recording, it's a little bit uh, muddier than it would be in the studio. But it had a lot of energy. I mean, that was that was some serious grit and some stank on that solo.
0: a pretty short version at 3 minutes and 20 seconds did we like the
2: outro scott yeah I, no i want more i, I feel like <laughs> it's just over and it was such a good song such great energy i i just i feel like uh you know somebody ate all the ice cream and i'm just stuck with an empty cone
1: it's one of my favorite parts of this is like very few songs leave you wanting more but it is it it is a complete song it look the outro comes in as quickly as the, as the song, or it goes out as quickly as the song, right? Like mm-hmm. it bookends really nicely if you think about it and know that you can go back and listen to this on an infinite loop if you wanted to.
0: All right, I I kind of said we're gonna we're just gonna play a little bit uh, at the beginning of the studio version of, of Train Kept a Rolling here.
1: Scott, we're losing Scott. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that uh, well, the opening sounded like uh, something from Jesus Christ Superstar, I think, uh, like Damn for All Time. And then uh, it just kind of went nowhere after that. Like, I, I will see how I feel about it when we actually get to the song and go through it. But compared to what I just heard, that, that doesn't have a lot of energy.
1: It's kind of amazing if you think about it that that version, like the version we just listened to, came out of that studio
2: recording. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, it's on three live compilations of Aerosmith. It's on Live Bootleg, Classics Live we've just listened to, and Rockin' the Joint uh, from from 2005. Uh, and actually, in that version, uh, Joe and Brad do a little bit of the Star-Spangled Banner in there. So uh, we, we can hear this song a couple more times live, but uh, I got to tell you right now, uh, the Classics Live 1 version is absolutely killer. And we only have one, two, three, four, five, six tracks on the uh, Side B live tracks. Uh, mixtape uh, I'm assuming it's unanimous we're all in favor of, of throwing this one on there as well
2: I would say so I mean well for one you know until we fill it up it's kind of hard to say no and something would have to be really bad to say it doesn't at least deserve a shot while the tapes partially empty but I, I'm gonna say this would be one that you might be hard-pressed to convince me to boot off at some point because this this is a really kick-ass song
0: Completely agree, John. Final thoughts? I think that we have a lifer. A lifer. There you go. Show fifty-two, and we have a lifer. I like it. So that means train kept a rolling is now off our die, and John Mariano gets to pick a new song to go on there. What you in the mood for, Johnny?
1: I'm thinking I start. Want to start playing the numbers game with, with this, right? Like okay. we we have, we we have dice, mm-hmm. and you know what one three four five and six are kind of taken but the deuce is missing and i'm thinking we're going to go some deuces are wild from 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 uh aerosmith big ones
0: from big ones from uh wasn't it from uh, the beavis and butthead uh, soundtrack as well it's from
1: the Beavers and butthead soundtrack hmm.
0: it's a it's a outcast from the get a grip sessions uh pretty popular song they played a lot in canada on the radio was it ever a, a big radio hit in america that you remember
1: it wasn't as big of a hit. It, it kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I, I know for a fact, this was kind of on repeat on my boombox. This was one of my favorites when I discovered this. Oh, so right. I want, I, I want to try to bring some attention to it. I think it's a good time. time you know, you know, we, we're, st- we're starting to get to that point of like, what songs are we going to pick? I think starting to throw some of our personal favorites on there. It might be a good time to start doing that.
2: And and this is what I, I, I'm kind of interested to hear Scott's take on it when he hears it.
0: I'm assuming Scott, I, you've never heard this song. Uh,
2: if it's from the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack, I probably have because I've seen that movie a couple of times. Uh, don't recognize it by title, but I'm sure I'll, I, as soon as we start playing it, I will.
0: All right, boys, that does it for another episode. Jeez. We're we're, we're on the back half now. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Can't we? We are almost done. The entire Aerosmith catalog. <laughs> John's giving me like, are
2: we not? Are we not close, John? I don't know what Corey's on, but I'll have twenty dollars worth. <laughs>
0: it, it's just yeah,
2: the light at the, the end movie, of the tunnel, be you, Corey. Corey, the
1: movie's still on the mixtape. We got plenty of shows still left.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah, we got to try and get that fucking thing off. You're absolutely right, uh, John. You got anything you want to promote? Uh, anything coming up? Um,
1: I guess I, I, I will defer my time so Scott can promote his books double time. Very. So I'm looking forward to reading them. And really, that's looking at how I'm looking to spend my time right now.
0: Well, and there's one more thing that may be in the works. I'm going to manifest it here, John, so that we make sure it happens. But there, there have been reunion talks. Backdoor Channel talks about a certain podcast you and I used to be part of.
1: I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't promote that stuff here. If you want to promote that stuff here, that's up to you. I was being kind and deferring my time to Scott. Scott's Fine. actually... Scott's actually selling books, and you want and you want to promote a podcast six people maybe listen to, mm-hmm. and five of them were on that show.
0: Scott is already <laughs> a, a New York Times bestselling author. I don't think he needs our help. He sold what are we at twenty eight, thousand copies uh, as of recording tonight,
2: Scott? I think eighteen copies. But uh I I would love to get on the New York best uh, New York Times bestseller list. That was actually a goal of mine. I'm slowly making it there uh, with like eighteen at a time. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. So my universal court series is all, all three books are out. Uh, that will be the end of that that's available on Amazon. And then, uh, my, what happened in Vegas series is also all three books are out on Amazon. That is the end of that series. And if you're interested in getting into the world of composing music for film, that is also available on Amazon and my website, scotthaskin.com.
0: Now, Scott, I've only been to Vegas twice, but are are you sure that you can stop the uh, what Happens at Vegas series after three books? I, I feel like you, there's a ton of material there.
2: Well, it, you know, it's endless because the the material is, is actually just me walking down the street and hearing people say things that are kind of ludicrous and then saying them into my voicemail to put them in the book later so I don't forget them. I could go on doing that for the rest of my life. But, you know, I, I've done three books already. Um, and I've got other projects I want to do. So, I mean, you know, down the road, who knows, maybe I could I could do another one. But uh, the third one was a real chore because of COVID, but I was finally able to get that out last year, and uh, I'm satisfied with that being a trilogy.
0: Well, I put my orders in. I can't wait for the Universal Court and for the Vegas Books uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. Let's get Scott on the New York Times bestseller list. People, everybody yes. listening to this podcast, go to go to Amazon, uh, order Scott's books. Uh, John, I know, is working on a book. Let let's support him too, uh, as he works on his erotic novel.
1: It's a pamphlet.
0: It's a pamphlet. Oh, pamphlet. tell us more.
1: Uh, I, I I can't. Other than it, it, it promotes um, certain books that were written in in the Las Vegas area about um the court um and the court
2: system the court system. Oh, I can't nice. wait
1: and, and if and, you
2: and... if you do write an erotic book please promise me that it will be in pop-up book form
1: if i write uh, if i write an erotic <laughs> book it's going to be like a half a page about my sex life and it will be the most pathetic <laughs> thing that <anybody's> ever read. <laughs> and it will be written on toilet paper so you can wipe your
2: ass with it when you're done if it makes you feel any better i could almost write a sentence
0: All right. On that note, uh, please support Scott Haskin. Please support John Mariano and our other show, Backtrack Steam Music, where we're breaking down uh, classic songs from classic movies. I know uh, we just uh, did a show on, uh, actually we did an Aerosmith song on the show that's going to be dropping as I'm recording this here tonight uh, from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Uh, That show's a heck of a lot of fun. Please go check us out there. Check out all the fine shows on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. And until next time, on behalf of Scott Haskin, the sexiest man in podcasting, and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, we'll give the final word to Steven Tyler. So!